Freak Sports Saturdays 10am Mark what is happening in the world of Formula 1 they're back after their summer break uh, Belgium I believe is the Grand Prix uh, I could have a two hour show <laughs> just on Formula 1 you know I could talk for days about Formula 1 at the best of times I think you got, you got to start though Mark uh, in what is one of the most incredible things that's ever happened in Formula 1 uh, a team has shown up basically the trucks have no branding on it what has happened to Force India? Well look on Force India as we said a couple of weeks ago entered administration a while back and people it's been a four week break uh, the trucks showed up on Thursday into the paddock with no branding on them and all the sponsors affiliated with old older VJ Malia removed mm. uh, the caps had black strips on them no one had any Nothing. idea what was going on. But all Thursday, news was changing minute on minute. Uh, there was a stage where John Todd, the president of the FBI, had a piece of paper in his hand and it was up to him saying, what's going to happen? And uh, what did happen is a new team has been formed. And they let do that. I didn't think so, but uh, evidently, yes. Look, yeah. what's happened is the Sahara Force India F1 team has been reborn as Racing Point Force India. The team has been stripped of all the Constructor Championship points they've previously earned this season, but have immediately rejoined the series with a new name and a new management group. Esteban Ocon and Sergio Perez do, however, retain their Drivers' Championship points. So, you mentioned the, that they have a new uh, man in charge. In regards to the driver merry-go-round, all right, it's, it's definitely in full swing. Ricardo switched to Renault. Alonso's decision to retire. We'll chat about that in a minute. But who's going to be in the Force India seat now? Well, this is the thing, and as you, I've got many bullet points yeah. up here. So there is a merry-go-round, right? So the rumor mill is as follows, right? Kubica is a test driver for Williams at the moment. Okay, he's yeah. looking to get the very fairy tale return after his injury to uh-huh. go to Williams. That means that where does Lance Stroll go? Well, Lance Stroll's daddy is Lawrence Stroll, who yeah. now owns Force India. And in an interview on Thursday, Lance said, "Oh, I hope my dad picks me." Jokingly, so it said before Singapore, which is two races time, that Lance will be in the Force India seat. And Sergio Perez, he's tied to that team. He said that he's one hundred percent going to be in the seat next year because his Mexican backers. They basically fund the team in, yeah. in a way. So that means what's going to happen to Esteban Ocon. Mm-hmm. And the thing about Esteban Ocon is he's a young Mercedes driver. So Mercedes boss Toto Wolf at the moment is going around saying, I need a driver for a man. Because if, God forbid, Hamilton or Bottas decide to hang up the boots tomorrow, it's rumoured he would fill in straight away. So the rumour is Ocon is going to go to McLaren to take Van Dorn's seat to sit beside Carlos Sainz. Because Carlos Sainz, as we said last week, got the move from Renault to McLaren because Ricardo out there. Yeah. And then Red Bull, Gasly is going to be beside Max Verstappen. But then who's going to be in Toro Rosso? There's say Lando Norris might be going to Toro Rosso. Well, I have him here that he's going to get an audition by McLaren. He's doing, he did free practice one yesterday on Friday morning, and yeah. that very much was the audition to see, is he going to go and replace Van Dorn? But there's agreement with Red Bull, apparently, that if he doesn't step into McLaren, him or George Russell, the other young British driver, will be getting a drive with Toro Rosso. To say it's, there hasn't been this much stuff up in the air before, after a summer break in years, and it's the most action off track I can remember in one in history. It's absolutely bonkers. So, I mean, I called it a merry-go-round, but it really is a merry-go-round. It's oh. a circus. Can I ask you, though, uh, about Lewis Hamilton? Yes. Is this going to be his fifth uh, championship this year? As a Ferrari fan, I'd, li- I'd like to think no. Ferrari and Mercedes are running new engine parts this year, and Bottas is going to be starting from the back of the grid as he's picking up an engine penalty. So, because of the long straight after T1 and Upper Rouge and Spa, you're actually beneficial by qualifying second or third, because you go behind them at the turn one, and then you've got the slipstream for uh-huh, about two uh-huh. kilometres. Yeah. So, 
if you look at the last two races, whoever starts second has been nearly P1 by turn three. But now we have to turn on to more news. Fernando Alonso is Go retiring, on, yes. as we touched on last yeah. week. But the bit of news that broke on Thursday in the uh, interviews, it actually came out that Alonso turned down an offer to replace Ricardo at Red Bull. Really? Yeah, you're gone. Is it? he just sick of Formula One? Is that nope. the problem, though? One word. Go on. Honda. Oh, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Red Bull getting the Honda engines, he was not putting himself in that position again. And he wants to go and emulate the Triple Crown. He said that there's two ways to prove yourself as the best driver in the world. Win eight world championships to beat Michael Schumacher's record. He's 34 or something like that. He's not going to do that. What's the next best thing? The Triple Crown. He's won the Monaco GP. He's won Le Mans. Now he's got to do the Indy 500. He's going to IndyCar next year. Freak Sports. Last week you were speaking about Celtic. Is their season over or not? And, Kieran, we got our first complaint. We did. Um, uh, one, two. First one was from a man called Gerard Dunn. Uh, Celtic super fan, I think he called himself. And then Rory Ford came in after that swinging the punches. But we said to do it and would he come on air and speak to us. And Jerry said he would. Hello, Jerry. Hello. Hello, Jerry. Welcome. You're on Freak Sports with Kieran and Mark. You're not very happy with what we said about Celtic last week, apparently. Oh, Mark, a bit of a, a bit of a sour taste, you know, it's going on fair, Why, Why, um, Jerry? So obviously you don't think Celtic are a cod. And you don't think their season is over either. Well, far from a cod, I'm far, definitely far from the season being over. Uh, are you not frustrated, though, as a Celtic fan, that you're out of Europe's premier um, club competition at this very early stage? Absolutely, very frustrated to be knocked out in only the qualifying round. Obviously, very disappointing. What what happened? What, was Brendan Rodgers' fault? Players' fault? Lack of quality? But what exactly was the problem? I think the second, well, the first leg, as you said in, in last week's podcast, there that Aston um, Villa sent off, and we couldn't take advantage of that. We dominated the game, but couldn't produce anything. No chances to be made, or no to be taken. Therefore, uh, same applies to the second leg, where I thought we were a much better team. But again, they had, we had two big defensive errors, and they took advantage of that. Got two goals, and we had a late surge in the game. But now you're in the Europa League and on Thursday evening you drew one all away. Were you happy with that result or are you quite worried now going into the second leg? Not exactly angry about it. So more dis- probably more disappointed than anything um, the fact that we played again much better side but just couldn't produce anything in the final third of the, of, of the, of the pitch. But as a fan, do you think your season's done right now or do you have high hopes? Far from it. Far Very from far from it. Right, so, well, you had a few gripes with us last week. Uh, more Kieran than me, you told me. So, <laughs> Kieran's prepared. Uh, what would you like to put right? What did we get wrong, first of all? I, I, I just like the... Uh, first gripe was when he, when he talked about Celtic having... Or the league itself being non-competitive. Yeah. But you told me that. Now, not, now you said I twisted your words, but your exact you words did, were... Mate. <laughs> you did. You're in the media. I expect that. Don't worry. <laughs> Your exact words were that the SPL need to get their act together. It's not Celtic's fault for dominating and doing so well, which I do agree with. But at the same time, Celtic was such a massive fan base. It's hard to get, and they've got a massive stadium as well. So tell us, tell us why we're wrong, basically. Well, when you say lack of competitiveness in the league, I'd like to ask actually as you going to back that up, really. Well, Celtic are after winning what two back-to-back trebles. Right. Yeah. How, how many games to spare did they have when they won the league last year? They actually had three games to spare when they won the league last year, as opposed to Man City last season with five games to spare and finished 19 points clear of Manchester United. And what about the previous season? In the, in the EFL? No, no, the, no the, the SBL for Celtic. They finished 11 points clear of Aberdeen. 11 yes. points. And, and is there anybody Four really that's watched, going to watch SPL football that are thinking <laughs> Celtic aren't going aren't to walk this league? 
No, but in, in terms of competitiveness as well, I'm comparing to the German league also. Bayern Munich last season up with their sixth league title in a row. Oh yeah, there's no com- absolutely. There's no competitiveness there either. You know, there's so no competitiveness in France either. You know, all these leagues in Europe are struggling. But how come in France and in Germany these teams can do quite well in the Champions League, and yet Celtic struggle? And I mean, there's obviously they haven't got the same amount of money, but they have the same type of fan base. They have a massive stadium and a massive football city to go on, like Munich, like Paris. What is the problem in, when it gets to the Champions League? Celtic, in fairness, have had great nights in the Champions League. Absolutely wonderful Champions League. Messi has said that he enjoys no stadium more than playing in Celtic Park because of the passion of the fans. So surely something has to be done to get Celtic back to the pinnacle of European club football. It's investment, Karen. That's the bottom line, investment. I don't know. We spent £9 million on Edward this season, going into the season, actually. But our main gripe as well with the team has been our defensive errors. Our defensive issues, our back line at times. Yeah, the only man solid enough in that defence is Kieran Tierney. Fantastic player, arguing the best left back in Britain at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, sorry, just as a Celtic fan, then, does it annoy you in a sense that any time you do have a player or a prospect or a good player, they get poached off to the Premier League? For example, Van Dyke, he went to Southampton and now he's Liverpool's probably number one centre half. Would that be right, Kieran? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Well, although they did, I like back in the day, you know. Chris Sutton, Blackburn, won the Premier League and he went to Celtic. So it does go either way, but obviously not in the last kind of couple of years, Jay, would you agree? No, times have definitely changed, all right, since the late yeah. 90s, early 2000s, absolutely. That, that goes without saying. I mean, the money has dictated again over the last two I, decades, maybe so has it. It's changed completely. You did tell me as well now, you're angry at Kieran saying that Celtic wouldn't <laughs> save Rangers. Would you like to speak about that? Now, I, I, I'd like to try to not tell Kieran, because I, can I say, I've got fact on air here that uh, Kieran's actually a lovely chap. I've worked with him for many years as well, and uh, went to school and a lovely bloke. Apart from being a bit of you know, so-and-so for what he said last week. <laughs> come on, come on, Jerry. That, that's not here or there. Well, when he said Celtic sent Rangers down due to just years of hatred and couldn't put, couldn't put, uh, couldn't put that aside for the good of Scottish football, I'd like to know where he was coming from with that, actually. So it was the, it was the vote that the, all the SPL clubs took whether they yeah. were going to send Rangers back to the start again, basically, in whatever, League 2. And they said, yeah. look, will we give them a pass and let them stay in their Premier Division? And Celtic voted no. Yes, along with nine other clubs. In fact, the only club that didn't vote for Rangers ground that year was Kermanock, with no surprise, because they're basically the airshare versions of themselves, really. But it wasn't just Celtic that sent them down. Ten other clubs, or sorry, nine other clubs, thank you, Brad, sent them down as well. They went, they went to a vote in the uh, in what was known as the uh, Scottish League One at the time, which is now the Championship. Yeah. Um, a vote to keep Rangers in there, and they were voting as well. Brandon Rogers, we said he's a very big fish in a small pond. Do you think you can hang on to Rogers, or do you agree with us and see that like he probably is where he should be? I think he's mad. Kieran said hit him down the head last week. It's one thing I will agree with Kieran on is the fact that a match made in heaven. He's been absolutely fantastic. His, his record in Scotland alone, six, a British football record of 69 games unbeaten, two domestic travels, two Champions League group stages there as well. Obviously, he didn't fare too well in them, but a good Europa League run, one, not a cool one, but like, you know, football after, or football in Europe after Christmas was, was a big thing for last season as well. That's the goal to saying, but I think he's definitely the man for Celtic. No, he is, and to be fair, like, Rogers is a kind of manager that you could see, like, you know, he managed Liverpool, Liverpool and Celtic, quite similar, like, kind of cult clubs, really, you know, and mm-hmm. then Jurgen Klopp as well with Dortmund. You can see those type of managers that have just a passion on the sideline. One other question I want to ask you, Jerry, before I let you go. Mm-hmm. Um, there was talk, and there's probably constant talk, really, about will Celtic and Rangers ever enter into the English Football League in order to get into the Premier League. 
would you like to see that or is that really just a pipe dream because you have Swansea you have Cardiff City you know you have Welsh clubs in there is it time that the Scottish clubs decide look we want to give this a go and the English FA should give them a chance Absolutely, 100%. There's a big problem there. There's a stigma of being Celtic and being associated with something like the old farm. And yeah. I don't think the majority, I think the majority of clubs in England, there are a handful, would gladly um, not have Rangers down there themselves. They're avoiding in themselves. But uh, with regards to Celtic, I think they'd be more than welcome. With the fact that going, or the, the idea of them going into the Championship, no. I'd, I'd, I'd rather see them work their way up. Yeah, from, from, from League Two, like... Even, even below that, even if, below if that, 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 that may be like if that was the case, like you know, because a lot of clubs again, there's we go back to the whole case of the then of the club being voted into the league. I don't agree with that myself. Um, Swansea and Cardiff walked away up on the same, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Yeah, well, well, they've they've been clubs for quite a long time, and they've mm. been in in the English league for quite a long time. Would you be afraid of losing all your players? Because going down to League Two, like a football career is short. Yeah, just three years if they get up straight away. I understand where you're going. Absolutely, I do understand that aspect of it. Would they lose Whatever a bit of tradition? Like, uh, Scottish football obviously does have a lot of tradition involved in it, and would them going into the English league, would it be, you know, would it taint that? I don't think so, no. I mean, Celtic in itself is a tradition. If you get where I'm coming from there, it's our own yeah. culture. We don't really associate with Scottish football culture as much as we would just our own kind of Celtic kind of culture, you know. It's a very unique club. But I mean, there's, 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 very, like, there's no Union Jacks around, you know what I mean? It's tri colours you see around Celtic Park. Exactly. That's a, we're very unique. As I always said, an Irish club in Glasgow, put it that way. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely is. It's set up by uh, an Irish monk. Was it an Irish priest? It's an Irish priest called Peter Walford. Uh, yeah, see, it's, it's Irish true and true, really. A lot of the overall majority of, the, of its founding history is Irish, yes, absolutely. Uh, Jerry, um, Celtic, what about them for the uh, rest of the year? Are they, they going to win treble again, or are kind of hearts, they seem to be their biggest rivals at the middle, and then, especially in the, uh, the Premier League? <laughs> Well, <laughs> we're not, well, okay, fair enough. It's slump after. I mean, Mark posted a question to me there during the week. I hope he doesn't mind me quoting him this. He asked me, was I happy to see Celtic lose earlier on to see the pressure going on a season unbeaten taken off him? Mm. The answer to that would be no. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I wouldn't expect <laughs> any other answer from you, Jerry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, like to see their team lose. Like, what a terrible team to go another season unbeaten. How, how dare I dream of that? Yeah. But no, I, 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 another travel on the cards, um, that's, uh, that would be a massive task. Uh, you, um, would you sacrifice it for a Europa League win? Get another star on the chest? I would rather say obviously do well in Europe, Europa League when you're European trophy than a domestic treble. Um, I think if it came down to it, but um, we'll see what happens throughout the season. It's going to be a long season, maybe. Well, Jerry, thanks for your time. You're very brave because you're quite angry and you came on <laughs> and righted our wrongs. And we'd like to check in to you during the season just to keep us up to date on Celtic. And when or if they get knocked out of Europa League, we can call and just have a good talk. Have you no trouble at all, lads. Thank you for having me. Jerry, thanks, thanks Jerry. very much. God bless. Thank you. Freak Sports. This is Freak Sports with Kieran and Mark. We're just going to do a news round. Everything sport that we just couldn't read again to depth with, but we want to bring to your attention. What's first up, Kieran? Uh, breaking news from the world of football on Friday. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur and France World Cup winner Hugo Lloris uh, was uh, stopped for and charged with drink driving. It was a routine patrol stop in the early hours of Friday morning. Uh, he was charged, uh, but is now out on bail and will attend court on September the 11th. Uh, I do wonder, though, if he will be involved in the uh, Tottenham Hotspur squad that travelled to Old Trafford for Manchester United versus Tottenham Hotspur on Monday night. Um, I think, though, if I had him in my fantasy football, I don't think I'd be making Hugo Lloris my captain this week.
I'm going to touch on a bit of rugby. The uh, awards for the Pro 14 were held during the week, and Leinster have done very, very well. Guinness Pro 14 Coach of the Season was Leo Cullen. Uh, the Honda Young Player of the Year was Jordan Larmer. I don't think anybody would have any um, concern or disagree with that one. And the Guinness Pro 14 Top Try Scorer was uh, Barry Daly for Leinster as well. They also named the Guinness Pro 14 Dream Team for 2017-2018, and five Leinster players made the cut. Uh, Andrew Porter, Scott Faraday, Jack Cronin, James Lowe and Jordan Larmer. Uh, Leinster are preparing for their first Pro 14 match. Will be a away game and then they're playing uh, the Champions Cup as well in October. So who won't be playing for Leinster though is Joey Carberry of course. He has moved to Munster and Jonathan Sexton did say ahead of the, se- the season um, that he didn't really understand why Sexton kind of, why, sorry, why Carberry left um, but look. It's game time. Uh, yeah well, I suppose that's what it is but look he was probably gone, he was probably third choice maybe at Leinster and we're going to move on from rugby though to um, massive news for a Irish youngster who has uh, signed a 400,000 euro um, with Manchester City they bought him but he's going to finish his leaving cert first Mark who is the young fella I've got mixed emotions on this but we'll get into it a weekend of final negotiations that resulted in Shamrock Rovers goalkeeper Gavin Bazunu agreeing to join Manchester City next summer for a fee of 400,000 Rovers officials wrapped up the transfer deal which include add-ons at the FEAD on Friday before the 60 year-old visited Sunday's first home game of the season against Huddersfield Town. So, what do you think about this? Uh, look, it's, it's great for him. He, you know, he didn't, he kept clean sheets in all his games apart from the two Europa League games. I think that in one goal each. Mm. Um, so, I mean, he, he's probably a fantastic goalkeeper. He's probably a bit of head on his shoulders, a good head on his shoulders. He's going to finish his uh, leaving cert I, first. I do love that. The stopper who voted, <laughs> he was actually voted SSCA Tristy Player of the Month for July. Yeah, he was. He's going to stick to his leaving cert before moving to England. Fair play. Do you think Mammy and Daddy had a role in that I though? absolutely would say <laughs> they had because I can imagine him going, no, ma'am, I'm grand. I'll go over. Yeah. You know, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to do my leaving cert. I don't cert. do this Shakespeare crap. <laughs> no, I, I want to go and kick some balls around with David Silver and Sergio Aguero. <laughs> uh, some man though, unfortunately Mark, who's not laughing, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, who launched a clothing line in 2016. He's um, not laughing all the way to the bank. I believe his clothing line is after losing 18 million euro and uh, he's closed it down. Yeah, Zlatan not happy. Zlatan gone bust. Former, <laughs> the former United striker is A to Z clothing line. A to Z was amateur to Zlatan is what I stood for. Uh, it's closing down after two years following losses as, as you said 18 million pound but if you fancy good bargain everything on the website is currently 50% off <laughs> so they're still selling it they're going to sell the stock they have yeah because there's boxers up there for like 30 euro and now they're only 15 that's a bargain what's the website zlatanclothes.com or something zlatan.com zlatan.com get on it some very nice tracksuits <laughs> Freak Sports Saturdays 10am on Freak